0: And welcome in to the Most Accurate Podcast. My name is Anthony Stalter, joined as always by John Paulson. JP, how we doing ahead of the weekend?
1: Not too bad, Anthony. How you doing?
0: Good. Very, uh, very excited for another football weekend, both in the NFL and college football. Let's get into some of the big news heading into week five in the NFL. Can't believe it's already week five. But before we do that, tell us about the music that brought us in. Uh, yeah,
1: Wednesday, October 2nd was the anniversary of Tom Petty's death. So we're honoring him today on the pod. Uh, with another with another track he's been on the pod a few times but this is uh one of my favorite tracks it's kind of a deep cut uh it's off his 1999 album echo and it's a 12th track it's called no more i've been listening to it a lot uh after he especially after he passed away it's really kind of a slow song um but one of my favorites by him uh it's on the most accurate podcast playlist which you can find on spotify and if you can't find it there by the search uh box you can go to any one of the uh, podcast posts on the uh, 444.com website and find a link to the uh, podcast there or the, the playlist there.
0: John, did I see that you're on Instagram?
1: I'm on Instagram now. I've been told this is what we need to be doing. uh, That Instagram is a good opportunity to expand our brand. Um, So I uh, added an account and I posted a few posts there. Uh, I'll be doing a little bit of video content there. Uh, So look for me, 444 underscore John, all lowercase, everything on Instagram is lowercase apparently. (laughs) <laughs> um, and I, I realized, I realize that the videos have to be a minute or less, so I'm learning. Um, but I want to post a little bit of content there as well for to, I know there's a lot of people
0: that are on Instagram that aren't on Twitter or Facebook. So uh, check it out. John is on the gram. I like it. Uh, I should also mention that if you use the code TMAP at 444, you'll get 25% off any rest of season subscription. The prices were just reduced after week four, but you can get an additional 25% off with the code TMAP. So think the most accurate podcast. If you're going to sign up and you want to give john a little credit as well he's helped you out before whether it's with rankings or any sort of advice that you heard via the podcast great give him some credit click on the link in his twitter bio or click the link bit.ly backslash t-m-a-p john and that last part is all caps the t-m-a-p-j-o-h-n all in caps go to john on twitter at four 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 underscore john if you want to just get the link right there When you sign up, he'll get a little kickback on that and you get something for it as well. So I think it's a win-win for everybody. Today, we're going to discuss the latest news and injuries, recap the Seahawks and Rams' wild Thursday night football game, and then we're going to discuss a few of John's sneaky starts for week five as well. But first, a word from our sponsors. Fantasy Draft, the only rake-free daily fantasy site, brings the heat again with a $500,000 guaranteed rake-free contest. It's called the Hooter Main Event the largest and only rake-free contest of its kind, and you'll find it for week five. Remember, only on Fantasy Draft, 100% of the entry fees paid to contest winners. You can sign up at fantasydraft.com with promo code 444, and you'll get a free seven-day trial membership on that. This podcast also brought to you by Iconic, a not-for-profit organization that will help you find the perfect pair of eyewear or contact lenses. All right, it's the Stefan Diggs, situation john i know a lot of owners certainly have some angst when it comes to stefan diggs not only because of the the injury problems but the the lack of production from him we're you know adam thielen frustrated as well because of kirk cousins he continues to play like crapola but with stefan diggs tom placero of nfl.com reporting that all signs now point to diggs being active on sunday against the giants but where do you have him in your ratings rankings
1: yeah, he's a low end RB two or wide receiver two right now. High end wide receiver three. He was lower last week against the Bears. I don't think that a lot of four for four subscribers have many shares of Diggs or Thielen or Kirk Cousins this year because I had them ranked pretty low compared to their ADP and where other people had them ranked because of the the way that Kevin Stefanski called games late last season. There was a three game. Uh, Stretch where he went very run-heavy. It was basically a half-and-half split. Uh, Thielen's numbers totally tanked. Uh, Diggs was okay, but he was catching touchdowns, which wasn't necessarily going to be sustainable. Uh, He had very low yardage in those three games. So I just kind of went into the season avoiding them. I think I have one share of either Diggs or Thielen, and it's just one share of Diggs in uh, one of my play draft uh, best balls. I think I did eight over there. Um, So out of 20 drafts or whatever that I did uh, in the preseason, I have one share of a Minnesota receiver. And it was because of this fear of this offense and how it was going to be so run heavy. And now both Thielen and Diggs are frustrated about it. You know, after they both piped up uh, after the uh, Bears game and are just kind of complaining about how it's being called. So this could go one of two ways. It could continue if, Mike Zimmer is just going to you know stay in the 1980s and really establish the run to protect his defense. Um they could open up the offense a little bit to try to keep their receivers happy. Maybe they can talk themselves into passing the ball a bit more and maybe but the the issue here is that you, there's not one guy, not one squeaky squeaky wheel that gets the grease because they both complain. So I don't you can't point to Thielen or you can't point to Diggs. Diggs seems like he's in a worse position or at least a worse place mentally. Uh, so maybe he gets a couple extra targets. It's a great matchup against the Giants. Um, I have Thielen as a you know like a high end wide receiver two, and I have Diggs at that wide receiver two, wide receiver three uh, cusp there in the twenties, and the mid twenties. Uh,
0: we're very self deprecating on this podcast. We get something wrong, certainly we'll admit it. But look, if we get something right, I think that should be thrown out there as well. I, I remember <laughs> I remember reading your sixty nine things to know before the fantasy football season. Your your article, yeah. and you detailed how concerning it was based on you know what, what the production was toward the end of last year for guys like Thielen and Stefan Diggs. And I, I stayed away from both of those wide receivers in my draft because of that one nugget that you had. So uh, kudos to you, John, for kind of being ahead of this situation and knowing that it could be problematic there in Minnesota.
1: Well, th- well thank you. I wish I was a little bit higher on Dalvin Cook. I, I was worried about his uh, body holding up to his uh, the, the drastic workload increase that he's seen. Um, and maybe he will or won't, but uh, I definitely would be rostering Madison uh, once you get past your buys and you start to have an extra uh, spot on that bench because he might be somebody that emerges late in the season if, if Cook can't stay healthy. All
0: right, well, you bring up Cook. Let's talk about another running back, Melvin Gordon. His return this this week, uh, Anthony Lynn said that Melvin Gordon definitely going to be part of the Chargers game plan, but there's another quote I know that you found interesting when Anthony Lynn spoke on Melvin Gordon and uh, maybe maybe his his game plan for the running back this weekend.
1: Yes, it, start, it started the season or started the week uh, with Gordon ahead of Eckler uh, based on what Lynn had said about Gordon coming back and being the starter. Uh, and I didn't really feel comfortable with Gordon in the top 10. Um, but as the week has gone on, uh, I've moved Eckler into the top 10 and Gordon down into like mid to low end RB2. Uh, numbers. It's a nice matchup against Denver. Their 30th in just a fancy points allowed to running backs. Leonard Fournette obviously went nuts 200 plus yards rushing last week. Uh, but Anthony Lynn said uh, today on Melvin Gordon uh, on his role for Sunday quote I don't want to be I don't want to put him in there and play him too much and I really don't have to I like what Austin Eckler has been doing so I think you're going to see uh, Gordon eased in and maybe he gets you know eight to twelve touches in that secondary role in that offense and Eckler continues to to be the lead back and it's a really nice matchup as I mentioned against Broncos so I think Eckler's a great uh, RB1 play this week.
0: Yeah Melvin Gordon owners just went oh son of a because that's that doesn't. He's play doesn't... you know
1: he's playable but he's playable but he's not uh, as strong a, a start as he would be otherwise. I mean I would play him probably over Marlon Mack who's got the uh, calf issue. Uh, you know I might you know play him over somebody like Damian Williams depending on the format. But um, you, you're looking at like uh, maybe half of his usual workload.
0: Let's move on from the, an injury standpoint. Let's talk about Sam Darnold. He's out again. He's got mono. He's out for week five against the Eagles, so looks like it's going to be the Luke Falk show again for the Jets. I mean, the the, the Eagles' defense is the thing that stands out to me when you talk about this matchup, uh, John. But from a Jets' skill position standpoint, is there any any anybody to like in this Jets passing game with Sam Darnold out again?
1: I, I would avoid it right now. I think the note here is that Darnold uh, – was thinking about coming back this week, and he's been delayed. So you're hoping that he's back for week six when it's the Chris Herndon uh, returns from his suspension. Um, but right now it looks like, uh, you know, Darnold is a little bit iffy for uh, for week six.
0: I think it's always uh, good when your head coach doesn't want you to draft a certain quarterback, and that team winds up drafting that quarterback anyways. I think that always uh, makes for, you know, positive news, uh, cohesiveness. Yeah. <laughs> Or the exact opposite. So apparently, according to Les Carpenter of the Washington Post, Redskins coach Jay Gruden was not in favor of drafting Dwayne Haskins. According to Carpenter, Gruden preferred a more experienced quarterback but was overruled by owner Daniel Snyder, who was all in on Haskins. If you watched Haskins play last week, uh, he did throw his first touchdown pass. uh, uh, Unfortunately, it went to Jabril Peppers. Who doesn't play for the Redskins? <laughs> so not a good showing. And, I, and I, look, I'm not bagging on Haskins. There's a reason why Washington didn't want to play him behind a, an atrocious offensive line. He also only had one year at Ohio State. A great year at Ohio State, but he the experience wasn't there. But moving forward, as this relates to a fantasy situation, John, how does this impact the other skill positions for Washington?
1: Well, also Terry McLaren was out last week as well. So you're just putting Haskins in a bad situation and it didn't end well. It's just not shocking whatsoever. Uh, I think moving forward, I don't know if we'll see Haskins in there or not. I, this is a week where I would kind of avoid using any of the Redskins. Uh, Vernon Davis has a concussion. Um uh, McLaurin has a hamstring injury. I think he's questionable, but it's a bad matchup against the Patriots. He might end up with a good line with Colt McCoy apparently coming in at quarterback. Uh, but you know, I would be more of a desperation play to put to plug McLaurin in there this week, given the hamstring and the bad matchup.
0: All right, let's move on to Saquon Barkley. He's officially ruled out for Week Five against the the Vikings. I don't think that's a, a big surprise. One, you know, what what are your thoughts on Wayne Gallman? Again, he he looked very good last week. In the, in a Giants victory over the aforementioned Washington Redskins, but it, it sounds like Saquon Barkley is going to be be back sooner rather than later. When you think about how you know Pat Shermer was talking about Saquon Barkley even returning this week. Now he's out again. He's out for this week. But you think Barkley might return for Week Six?
1: It appears so. He was you know at practice jogging around, and there was actual talk of him playing this week. But it it doesn't appear that he will, or he's out for this week. Uh, it's been confirmed. So. Um, I think that the news here is that he might be back significantly earlier than what we thought, and I'm sure everybody that spent a lot of money on Wayne Gallman is not real happy about that. They probably thought they were getting four to six to eight starts out of him, but it might only be two. Uh, Last week it was worth it. He had a couple touchdowns this week. He's got um, the, the Vikings at home. Um, they're 19th adjusted fancy points allowed to running backs, which is pretty good, uh, matchup. But when you look at their raw numbers, it's not pretty, uh, 94 yards, uh, rushing allowed on average, one rushing touchdown yielded so far and 3.7 yards per attempt. But They must have, uh, faced a not real great set of running backs or running games. So that's why they are showing up at 19th. So maybe they're not as good as, uh, they appear to be. And maybe there's an opportunity here. That's what the great thing about the, adjusted fancy points allowed, uh, to each position uh, takes, you know, strength of schedule into account for the defense. So if they face a really weak set of running games or a really difficult uh, set of running games, then it's uh, taken to account within their numbers. So um, Gallman, I think, is like a low-end RB2, you know, high-volume guy there in that uh, Giants offense.
0: Meanwhile, John, Damian Williams is back at practice. How do you think the touches will be distributed between the Kansas City running backs this week?
1: Yeah, I think Damian comes back to, a you know, a fairly large role in weeks one and two, Um, McCoy was new to the team. Uh, Week one, obviously, he joined the team, I think, a week before. And uh, in week two, Damian Williams played the first three quarters and then sat out the fourth quarter. I think that was against the Raiders. Um, In those two games, 31 touches for Williams, 25 touches for McCoy, uh, more catches than uh, for Williams than for McCoy, uh, Darwin Thompson was active in those games and he had two touches total in those two games. But I would expect that the third running back will be Daryl Williams given his production over the last couple weeks uh, filling in for Damien Williams. Um, so I would uh, expect a near even timeshare with Williams, Damien Williams coming back. Um, I think 31 to 25 ratio is probably a little bit uh, optimistic for Damian. Maybe it's closer to 50 uh, 50. But this backfield so productive. Um, the Colts are a pretty nice matchup. Uh, so I think both players will be you know playable as RB two, RB three types
0: uh, this week. James Connor update. Good news. He was removed from the injury report on Friday, so he's good to go. Jalen Samuel saw 18 touches last week after seeing zero touches in week three. How do you see this backfield shape, shaping up moving forward in Pittsburgh?
1: Yeah, you always want to lean towards what happened most, you know, most recently, and that the 18 touches I think in a win uh, last week for Samuels, uh, you know, that included eight catches. He's a very good pass catcher. Uh, they really leaned on their running backs in that game to get the win, and, and um, you know, we're we're going to talk a little bit about Juju Smith Schuster as well, uh, him being questionable with the toe injury. Uh, James Washington really hasn't established himself, so they really only have uh, Deontay Johnson uh, producing. Uh, Vance McDonald. Has been out, so we don't know about him either. Uh, so they may lean on their running backs again. I think Connor
0: is a good play. I think Jalen Samuels is a pretty good play as well. Marlon Mack back at practice today as well. Today being Friday, if you're wondering, is he a trustworthy start against the Chiefs?
1: Yeah. The problem with this is uh, they play Sunday night, so we really don't know, uh, or the the fact that we don't know for sure if he's you know he's questionable. We don't know for sure if he's going to play. Uh, owners really can't wait. Uh, and hope that that he does play. Uh, the only the Chiefs they obviously play in the same game. The Browns and the Forty ers play after on Monday night. You, you need to have a player like maybe one of the Forty ers backs as a as a backup, or Jordan Wilkins or Naeem Hines um, from the Colts if you want to wait on Mac and then plug him in. Uh, plug one of those two players in uh, for Mac if he's if he's inactive. But it seems like he will be able to play since he came back to practice today. It's a pretty good start, but I would. I have, I have him ranked lower than I normally would because there is a higher chance that he, you know, sits out the fourth quarter like he did um, in the last week, and that really hampers his his overall numbers. Here's
0: your Devontae Adams update. He will not suit up Sunday against the Cowboys. Marquez Valdez Scantling should probably take over as the number one receiver, right, John? Or am I misreading uh, the Green Bay the Green Bay passing situation?
1: Yeah, he's been ahead in terms of snaps, uh, targets. He's been ahead of Geronimo Allison. I think Geronimo Allison. Moves from the slot outside. He played a lot outside last year. So I think in two wide receiver sets, you'll see uh, Velda Scantling and Allison out there. However, Jake Kumaro, you know, Aaron Rodgers loves him. He's been great in the preseason. He really has not had a great opportunity in the season to to produce. Last week, uh, when Adams went out, Kumaro was also out for the game with a shoulder injury. He wasn't even active. Uh, but he's been a full participant this week and I think hes they're getting him ready for kind of a starting role, 70%, 80% snaps. Um, so he probably takes over Allison snaps, and Allison takes over Devontae Adams' snaps. And I think Scantling and and Allison are the top two plays. But I think Kumaro could surprise given how much uh, uh, Rodgers loves him.
0: Potentially good news for T.Y. Hilton owners. He did practice again on Friday. Uh, one of their beat, beat writers, Zach Kiefer of The Athletic, believes that he will play Sunday night against Kansas City. I mean, I'm assuming John, if if he's practicing on Friday, he he should be good to go on on Sunday night.
1: Yeah, I believe he practiced on Thursday as well. So two straight. Yeah, he did because they were thinking about uh, how his uh, quad responded to uh, Thursday's practice. So the fact that he was able to practice again on Friday uh, indicates to me that he's going to play. So I've got him in the rankings as a as a wide receiver too. And this is a a pretty good matchup against the Chiefs. They you know obviously score a lot of points and force teams to throw more against them than they'd like. They're just Tougher to play at home. The defense is quite a bit better at home, thanks to the crowd and the home home field advantage. But um, and also, also, Hilton doesn't produce as much uh, outdoors as he does in domes uh, historically. So there are reasons to be concerned about him. But he's the clear number one target in this offense and if anything it probably takes a little bit of luster off of the eric ebron jack doyle plays at
0: tight end juju smith schuster update now questionable to face the ravens if he's out or limited who's, who benefits there in pittsburgh i would imagine it's deontay johnson right
1: yep yeah, uh deontay's been producing uh he's been ahead of james washington in terms of production the last two weeks caught a touchdown each of the last two weeks so uh he's a pretty confident play the ravens uh defense is not what it was they've been pretty banged up defensively uh james washington would obviously get a bump if schuster has to sit i you know mcdonald if he's playing would be would be in there as well getting some targets um and then the two running backs probably see more work if if smith schuster's out but you know you know we'll, we'll have to see what comes up what news comes up over you know on saturday uh early sunday morning and maybe figure it out then uh the steelers do play early uh on Sunday so that's a good sign for for owners at least they can uh react to the news uh, as it happens and get somebody in for Smith Schuster if he can't play all
0: right Michael Gallup dealing with the knee injury he said he's good to go for Sunday's matchup against the Packers do you like his matchup with Green Bay the secondary looked pretty good uh, the first couple of weeks and then you know certainly had a, a bump in the road uh, la- last week but what do you think about Michael Gallup heading or two weeks ago, I should say uh, Michael Gallup what do you think about him in week five
1: well, the the Packers are a second, and just a fancy points allowed to wide receivers, so they are they are a tough matchup. I still think that the secondary and the pass defense is significantly better than the rush defense. and I think I'm not so like worried about the Dallas passing game if they actually decided that they wanted to pass the ball quite a bit. I'm, I'm more worried about it from a they're going to run the ball a lot. I think with uh, Ezekiel Elliott, and they're going to run really they're going to be really successful. The Packers have been terrible against the run this year. Um, I think they've yielded three top three, um, maybe three or four top uh, top three running fantasy running backs uh, each week. So there's, you know, they've you you would definitely want to start Ezekiel Elliott. Um, As for Gallup, you know, he had the seven for one fifty eight in week one on seven targets. He had six for sixty eight on eight targets in week two. So there is a chance that he has a good game. I was I'm just I was just a little put off by the fact yesterday that he had told a reporter that he had not yet sprinted uh, he's been able to cut but he hasn't really opened it up yet uh, that worries me a little bit and maybe they don't maybe they have him out there but they don't rush him back into his typical role where he's playing 68 70 percent of the snaps and instead he's more of a part-time player with Devin Smith uh, picking
0: up the slack Tyree Hill is back at practice but he's out again this week when do you foresee Hill returning to the Kansas City offense?
1: I think they're working him so that he can be back next week. So I think we have one more week of Demarcus Robinson and Mikael Hardman uh, kind of splitting
0: his snaps. Tyrell Williams, meanwhile, officially questionable to face the Bears after missing practice all week. The, the play in the uh, they play in the London game kickoff is set for one p.m. Eastern. So what what's the play with Williams? See what he does on Saturday.
1: Yeah, and he's been you know he's got a touchdown in uh, every game so far, which is uh, I think he's the only player uh, to do that. Uh, and they don't have a whole lot else other than Darren Waller at receiver. And the Bears, they're, they're obviously a very difficult matchup for any offense, but they have given up some big yardage games and some big fantasy games. Seven to one for 108 to Stephon Diggs. Uh, eight for 83 and a touchdown to Paul Richardson. Uh, six for 70 and a touchdown to Terry McLaren in uh, Week 3. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, 11 for 98 and a touchdown Week 2 uh, and then – the Packers didn't do a whole lot against him, but Marquez Valdez-Scantling had 4 for 52. Devontae Adams had 4 for 36, but that was kind of a defensive-oriented game in that one. So um, uh, in this game in London, if, if Williams is out there, I think I view him as a wide receiver 3, flex type, and you know, probably want to go another direction with him, especially with the questionable tag, but... Uh, if he's out there and you don't really have much else on your bench, there are, there are some positive things you could point to uh, as a reason to start him.
0: All right, then finally at tight end, Vernon Davis is in the concussion protocol. Vance McDonald, uh, there there hasn't been an update yet, but what's your feeling on the Pittsburgh tight end situation as they get ready to face the Ravens at 1 o'clock on Sunday?
1: Yeah, I mean, if McDonald's out there, I think with Smith Schuster hobbled uh, and, and with the way McDonald played uh, in San Francisco with, uh Mason Rudolph I think he had a couple touchdowns in that game uh, unless I'm getting my games mixed up but uh he did did show a nice rapport with with uh Rudolph uh, previously and I think if he's back he should be you know plugged into the lineup so the question is how how healthy is that shoulder
0: we're going to talk about the Thursday night game and John's sneaky starts but first a word from our sponsors today's episode was sponsored in part by iconic where you can shop name brand glasses contacts and sunglasses for the best possible price iconic seamlessly connects your eyewear your vision insurance coverage and your doctor's expertise with their network of over thirty-eight thousand eye doctors use their virtual try-on tool to see yourself in your favorite pair of glasses john i know you recently bought a pair of glasses from iconic right
1: yeah i actually got a pair of prescription nike sunglasses i was able to search by the size of the frames and i have a big head so that (laughs) <laughs> certainly helped, and the site actually scanned my face for their virtual try-on feature, which was pretty cool. Uh, uploading my prescription was easy, and my sunglasses came within a few days, so all in all, it was a good
0: experience. Well, if you want to be like John, enjoy the view and visit iconic.com backslash T-M-A-P. That's E-Y-E-C-O-N-I-C.com backslash T-M-A-P to shop 60 high-quality name brands, including Nike, Ray-Ban, Oakley, and AccuView. Get free shipping and returns, price matching, and a complimentary frame adjustment, plus save up to $220 when you apply for your insurance. Don't have insurance? Use the code TMAP to get 10% off your entire order. Iconic is looking out for your eyes. One other note on that iconic link, make sure that when you use the code TMAP, that has to be in all caps for the link to work. So when you you enter in TMAP, make sure those are in all caps for that link to work. Podcast is also brought to you by Fantasy Draft, the only rake-free daily fantasy site in the business. Brings you the heat again with a $500,000 guaranteed rake-free contest. The Hooter Main Event with its $70,000 first place payout. This is the largest and the only rake-free contest running anywhere for the nfl in week five that's right fantasy draft is the only daily fantasy site where you can play contests with no management fees taken out of the prize pools 100 percent of the time not just for a limited promotional contest so make sure that when you know you you sign up you you understand that other fantasy sites They continue to raise rake prize pools. Prize pools are being squeezed, making it harder for players like you to win. Whether you call it rake, commission, or management fee, the days of paying 10, 12, or even 16% of your entry fees to fantasy companies are now over. No longer will you lose 30% of your bankroll to the house. Sign up at fantasydraft.com today with promo code 444, and you'll get a free seven day trial and your first $1,000 of rake free. Entry fees. That's fantasydraft.com promo code four four four. Don't miss your shot at millions of dollars in rake free contest this season. You can start playing on fantasy draft today. Your bankroll is gonna love it. Thursday night football: Seahawks and Rams came down to the wire. Greg the Zerloin, uh, Zerline missed a eh, not a chip shot for about a 43-44 yard field goal. Rams probably should have won it in overtime. But I thought for the most part, John, those are those are pretty. Um, you know, a pretty clean game had the fumble from Todd Gurley, but let's start off with the Seahawks. Anything really stand out to you? How about a, a DK Metcalf, a long touchdown thrown in there?
1: Yeah, two for 44 and a touchdown and three targets for Metcalf. You'd like to see more targets for him, but you know, Tyler Lockett only got four targets. Will Disley only got four targets, uh, but they both produce good games. Four for 51 and a touchdown for Lockett, uh, four for 81 uh, for Disley. Disley also had a rush for seven yards. Um, but, you know, really, Russell Wilson, I, I tweeted out today, he's on pace for 4, 509 passing yards and 38.4 passing touchdowns. Both would be career highs for him. He would also add he's on pace for 384 rushing yards and 6.4 rushing touchdowns. His previous high was six uh, rushing touchdowns. I think it was second or third season. But he's playing, you know, really really high level right now uh disley continues to uh produce at the tight end position you know at a a tough position right now for fantasy owners to find production uh lockett you know you'd like to see more volume in this game Um, but he did the most he could with the four targets he had his catch in the end zone was amazing um so you know from and then you're looking at chris carson in the in the backfield he way ahead of uh, Rashad Penny right now uh, in terms of touches. So a a really good uh, offensive outing, I think, for Seattle. All
0: right, let's uh, shift over to the Rams side of things. Jared Goff struggled in the first quarter, but in the, the final three quarters, I mean, he got into great rhythm, looked sharp, he was spreading the football around a lot. Todd Gurley, not much from a yardage standpoint, but did have two touchdowns. I also mentioned the fumble. Cooper Cup saw his normal high high targets. He had seventeen on the night, caught nine of them for 117 seventeen yards and a touchdown right before halftime. Robert Wood saw nine targets, turned that into five catches for 48 yards. I think the one that stood out the most was Gerald Everett. He he caught seven of eleven targets, 136 yards. He he almost uh, you know dragged three defenders into the end zone on on one play in the in the second half. Wound up falling just a, an inch short. And I think Todd Gurley punched it in two plays later. But uh, Everett stand out to you, John, when he, when you look at the Rams.
1: Yeah, you know, he seems like he's breaking out now. And he didn't do anything in Week Three when he had the all the tight end snaps to himself with Tyler Higby out. But then once Tyler Higby comes back, he's just you know five for forty four and a touchdown on eight targets in Week Four, and then seven for one hundred thirty six on eleven targets last night. I think it helped that Cooks was out and wasn't really involved. He only had three targets. I think that pushed a lot of his targets over to the to the tight ends, especially Everett. Um, so I mean I think he's a I think he's somebody you could pick up if you're struggling at tight end and you're hoping that he uh, continues his breakout season. I think after his bye, his his uh, matchups get really good in terms of his adjusted fantasy points allowed, uh, the defenses that he's going to face after his buy. Um, but you know he's not going to be an every week confident start. You're going to be rolling him out there hoping that he is able to produce for you. Um, I one other note on Cup. He's on pace right now for 131 catches, 1,616 yards, and 12.8 touchdowns on 202 targets. That's insane. Yeah, it's really insane. And I think one thing that's happening is that uh, coming into week five, the Rams uh, led the league in pressures allowed that offensive line. And last year, they were really good at uh, protecting uh, Jared Goff and keeping the pocket clean. And he was able to have the time to to look deeper to um, Brand Cooks and even Robert Woods, but uh, Without all, all the pressure that's on uh, golf right now, I think he's getting the ball out quick, and that's a lot of those targets are now being shifted over to Cup because he's running a lot of those underneath routes. So that's what's I think going on with the, with the Rams, and if that offensive line can get it together, uh, then Cooks might see more production. But right now, it looks like the Cooper Cup show in uh, in LA.
0: Let's do some sneaky starts around we'll at the podcast. This way, we talked about a few players who stand to benefit from injuries to other players, but let's discuss a few more. Let's start off with quarterback John. I know you like three.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Jacoby Brissett, he's kind of a high-end QB, two now at this point. He's um, multiple touchdowns in every game this year. Uh, He's the number nine fantasy quarterback, and he's getting uh, T.Y. Hilton back. Um, He's also adding 14 uh, rushing yards per contest, so that's good, too. Um, So I think he's a pretty good start uh, against KC, even though it's in KC, as opposed to being at home. Uh, Andy Dalton. I think he's going to bounce back after a really miserable game against the Steelers. He's got uh, the Cardinals at home. The Cardinals are 28th in adjusted fantasy points, a lot of quarterbacks. Uh, Prior to that debacle against Pittsburgh, he was the number 10 fantasy quarterback through the first uh, three weeks. So I think he will bounce back um, in this game against the Cardinals. They tend to push the pace, the Cardinals do. So there's more plays in the game and a lot of fantasy points available uh, and then I would actually, uh, as far as a, you know, a two quarterback start, I, I cautiously optimistic about Chase Daniel uh, and the bears uh, uh, at Oakland and uh, not actually at Oakland they're in London, 26 and adjusted fancy points allowed to quarterbacks. He knows the offense in and out pretty efficient last year, uh, 22 or last game, 22 for 30, 195 yards and a touchdown against Minnesota. Uh, Oakland is obviously not as good defensively as Minnesota. Um, the Raiders have given up 235 yards uh, passing and 1.7 touchdowns uh, per game to Jacoby Brissett, Kirk Cousins, and Joe Flacco. So I think Daniel can kind of match those numbers and, and give a decent fantasy day at the quarterback position.
0: One running back you like is out in Denver. Which one?
1: Royce Freeman is you know playing more than I guess expected. I mean it, Lindsay was ahead of him last year significantly, but Freeman was dealing with a an ankle injury and throughout the year and just never really got going. But he's been a lot more productive this year now that he's healthy. And the Chargers have given up 161 total yards on 32.3 touches, uh, one touchdown per game to opposing running backs this season. And and uh, Freeman has garnered 29 touches, uh, 45% of the touches in that backfield. Um, and he's actually out-targeted Philip Lindsay 11-6 in to in that span. So, and that's over the last two weeks. So for Freeman's uh, touches are up, and it's a good matchup against the Chargers, so I think he's a sneaky start.
0: I know there's one wide receiver here that um, is, is going to be on a lot of people's radar, Wait, but but you, you like two. Uh, so which two wide receivers do you like as sneaky starts in week five?
1: Yeah, we talked about Deontay Johnson and uh, the Packer receivers. And, um, you know, by the way, Golden Tate is back this week, so pick him up if he's available. But uh, Auden Tate uh, against the, the Cardinals, John Ross uh, is out. Uh, and even if he wasn't um, – tate's been picking it up i mean he's been picking up his production he's been getting the snaps and he's been producing he's six foot five um and uh so he's obviously a big frame and he's you know been targeted in the red zone and the end zone uh but he you know six catches 88 yards 10 targets against the bills which is a bad matchup against the bills Uh, he produced uh he had four for 50 on six targets against uh the, the steelers and that was a miserable uh offensive performance by the Bengals in that game so the fact that he was able to point uh Score nine fantasy points PPR in that game was actually fairly impressive. Um, so in this game against the Cardinals with with Dalton probably looking better, uh, I think Tate will have a, a pretty good game a wide receiver three wide receiver four type game in terms of production. And the other guy in that same game actually Keyshawn Johnson Christian Kirk's out with an ankle injury. He might come back week six. Uh, I believe Demir Bird is going to be out as well. well. Check his status, but uh, Johnson should see an uptick in. Uh, snaps and targets he did have 10 targets in that first game against detroit he had five catches for 46 yards when he played 76 percent of the snaps and he hasn't played more than 57 percent of the snaps in the last three games i think that creeps up and then his targets creep up as well because the the, the cardinals are pretty short on pass catchers right all now. right uh theme two
0: here with your tight ends theme is building so which two tight ends do you like
1: uh yep tyler eifert in that bengals game uh you know start tight ends against the cardinals uh, they he continue to give up points uh, to tight ends. Um, Eifert might need to see his snaps rise to really produce in this game. He's been 42% of the snaps this year, uh, but he's seen at least five targets in three of the four games, and he does have a history of scoring touchdowns. Uh, the Cardinals have given up uh, six, six for 131 and a touchdown to TJ Hawkinson, eight for 112 and a touchdown to Mark Andrews, six for 75 and two touchdowns to Greg Olson, and seven for fifty-seven and a touchdown to Will Disley. So the the track record is there for the Cardinals' defense. They're really bad at covering tight ends. Uh, so Eifert might go off. I guess CJ Uzuma might have a big catch as well. Um, the other guy who's more under the radar, I think, is Ricky Seals Jones. He broke out last week for three for eighty-two and a touchdown. I think everybody's kind of writing him off uh, as kind of a blip um, and don't chase points on him uh but his his routes since been uh, since he signed with the browns have increased from one to four to fifteen over the last three weeks. so he's starting to get more and more involved in this Cleveland offense with David and joku out uh Demetrius Harris Harris hasn't really done anything and it looks like uh, uh Freddie Kitchens likes seals Jones's speed and they want to use him more in the passing game so uh, he's an interesting play I think in in uh, San Francisco. Uh, for for owners that are in in trouble at the tight end position. And then
0: finally, how about some streaming defenses for Week Five?
1: Yeah, be sure to read Kevin's at local streaming defenses article. He's been he's got a model. He's a really smart guy. He's got a model that uh, predicts defense fantasy defenses, and he's doing a pretty good job picking uh teams teams that are available on the waiver wire and having them you know plugging them in and getting getting results out of them. He picked the Steelers last uh, week against. Uh, the 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 Bengals so that was a one of his picks Uh, his model this week's like likes the Eagles the Titans and the Panthers Uh, the Eagles obviously have the Jets uh, Luke Volk at uh, quarterback that's a good play I think it's a fairly obvious one Uh, the Titans have uh, might have Matt Barkley although Josh Allen might play it's still a nice uh, matchup either way uh, since Josh Allen throws some interceptions and the Panthers have uh, Jacksonville at home the Panthers have been playing pretty good defense and Gardner Minshew's a rookie so he might have a meltdown game who knows uh, but I also like the 49ers. They're the number four scoring defense on a per-game basis. I think Cleveland mentally is coming off of that huge win in Baltimore and have to traf- travel cross-country to play the 49ers. And I think they're in a letdown spot this week with the 49ers um, coming off of bye. Uh, I think I like this spot for the 49ers. And then not as much, but I, I think the Saints at home are very tough to play. Uh, Jameis Winston you know, coming off the great game against the Rams. Is he going to be able to repeat that? against New Orleans, he's been a turnover-prone quarterback. Uh, I'm not as confident in that play, but I think if you're just looking for a plug-and-play and and, uh, the wire's not too... Uh, friendly to you in terms of who's out there. I think the Saints are a decent play as All well. right,
0: that'll do it. That's John Paulson, Anthony Stalter. Don't forget TMAP, that code, at 444. 4, you'll get 25% off any rest of the season subscription. Prices were just reduced. After week four, you can get an additional 25% off with the code TMAP. But uh, make sure you also visit John's Twitter page at 4, for four underscore John. He's got a link there. Click on it. Make sure that John gets some credit as well. So everybody wins in the deal. I'm Anthony Stalter for John Paulson. We'll see you next time on the Most Accurate Podcast.
1: It sure was a hard time, it sure was a hard time, my dear.